Welcome to the Biz Coach Show. In every episode, we share information and advice for small business owners, small business leaders, startups, and entrepreneurs preparing to launch their business. Our mission is to give entrepreneurs the edge they need to succeed. If you're in need of business coaching, head over to mybizcoaches.co and book your free coaching consultation today. The Biz Coach Show is presented by Eric Whitmoyer, the owner of My Biz Coaches, a business coach, serial entrepreneur, author, and speaker, as well as David Macon, a certified professional in talent development, growth expert, writer, and small business strategist. Well, hey, Eric, how are you doing today? Doing excellent, David. Great to see you again. Yep, yep. Always a pleasure. And uh, yeah, excited to talk with you today. Uh, talking about something that I know we both have an interest in, and uh, it's kind of been fun watching it transform business, and that is artificial intelligence. And our conversation is going to be guided by uh, a newsletter article that you wrote uh, a little bit earlier this week. And for those that maybe are new to the show or are not currently subscribed to uh, either of Eric's newsletters, we just encourage you to do that. You can just head over. Uh, they're both on LinkedIn. So he's got the Entrepreneur's Edge and the Biz Coach Notes. Definitely encourage you to sign up for both of those. A lot of great content. So if you you know own a small business, work in small business, uh, definitely want to check those out and uh, get those tips from Eric uh, every week. And uh, might as well like and follow Eric while you're there. Connect with him. Uh, he's posting and commenting on stuff all the time. So above and beyond the articles, always some good stuff. But uh, Eric, yeah, you're uh, you're kind of in your eight week series here. We're in week two. So the the series is. Uh, eight extremely important business trends to prepare for in 2024. And uh, this week we're focused on artificial intelligence. And so maybe let's kind of uh, walk through that. And there's a number of ways that uh, AI can help small businesses, but one of them is all about the customer experience. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so as we've seen over the number of years, uh, the last number, last series of years, uh, as and, and actually, I would go back, I would even uh, draw on our experience in the wireless industry. The, one of the things, the last carrier that we worked with, which was T-Mobile, um, one of the things that they really kind of was their claim to fame was they were customizing wireless for their clients. And that's become an ongoing trend in a lot of the, you know, uh, B2C space as I'm providing for my clients. You know, it's kind of this focus of, we're giving you exactly what you're looking for. We're customizing it for you. And that has become an, an overarching theme that is not only now, not only B2C, but it's also transpired over into the B2B space, um, yeah. which is, you know, we, we, our client base plays in both of those areas, obviously. And uh, <clears throat> more and more we're seeing where you're leveraging the um, AI powered chatbots to engage with clients. Uh, that's probably one of the biggest things I, I know I've talked about this on a previous show. Um, can't remember how long. It was probably quite a few weeks ago, but we talked about a sales droid that I was actually testing <clears throat> to incorporate uh, with a client. And now we've actually looked at a couple of different solutions where that might work with clients um, and even considering adding one to our own uh, website. But the sales droid, uh, the technology of these chatbots is, is pretty substantial. And what's what what they do now is they'll literally engage with a client. Uh, you know, we were we were testing a, a, a sales droid, um, and it, basically an advanced chatbot. But basically, it's designed to have an, an a, a sales conversation with a potential client. Yeah, um, and it, it is is pretty advanced. Uh, now you can you to to really take it to the next level, you can actually customize it by just testing it and working with it more and more. But it's because it's generative AI, it's constantly learning. So every time it has a new interaction, it gets a new question or a series of questions, and it, it, you can update it and adjust it, and it gets smarter. So it learns from each customer interaction. Uh, but it's it's pretty impressive the technology. So it'll you know it, the customer will ask a specific question, and even if they ask kind of a random off-topic question that doesn't necessarily relate to the the content of of the the website or whatever, uh, the the AI uh, has like pre-formatted solutions it'll come back with, but um, generally it'll redirect and get them back into this a, a, an actual sales conversation. And in some cases, we've been proven that it'll lead through to an actual complete a sale. Wow. So we haven't actually determined when, um, what's the threshold that a client will be comfortable with as far as 
you know, kind of making a decision without actually talking to a human being. But because of the the technology, it's it's uh, many people are, you know, if you're talking a few hundred dollar transaction, it's actually a, uh, they'll they'll walk themselves through with the sales droid and actually come to a conclusion, complete a transaction without ever engaging with the salesperson, an actual live human. Yeah, and I think what, what's remarkable about that, and I know we've had numerous conversations about this, and even I think in the last episode or two, but th there comes a point, right, when you're scaling your small business, where you start to reach, you know, kind of the maximum bandwidth, and it, it becomes difficult to gauge when to hire versus do I have enough, you know, month over month revenue coming in, and you're juggling all of that to use a solution like this, right. you can increase your sales without increasing headcount or labor um, it is a great way to potentially solve that, you know, if you can find a way to integrate that in your other system. So I, I love that recommendation. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it, it creates a scenario where, to your point, I can actually bridge that gap of not having the resources I need to, to bring in a full-time dedicated employee to fill that role. I can actually bridge that gap for some period of time until I get to the point where I actually can justify the cost of bringing in that headcount. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's it's uh, the the application is pretty significant, <clears throat> and the 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 ability to um, uh, enhance the customer experience. So we're, you know, I'm I'm referencing sales, but it could be a customer service solution. Yeah. Um, matter of fact, my my uh, my son-in-law was working with a company that sold um, uh, people who are going to law school. They sold a software application to prepare for the um, what's the test they take uh, to the LSAT. Yeah, and uh, is it the LSAT? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so when they the he actually built a software platform for the company using these droids, these these chatbots that would actually answer a series of questions mm -hmm. that they had about the software. So even post transaction, um, you know, how do I do this? How could I how could I improve this? You know, whatever. And it had a series of of chatbot responses. Um, to the point where they literally did it. They didn't need any customer service employees. He was the, the department head and had no employees. Wow. Wow. That's literally incredible. able to sophisticate, uh, uh, sophisticated enough. They were able to build, build the technology that literally he only take about 5% of the calls that came in as, as from a customer. And that was a relatively higher ticket transaction. I want to say it was a uh, push a thousand dollars for that software. It might've been 1500, something like that. Wow. Yeah. And, and to your point, right, focusing on the, the customer experience of that, it was interesting. I had a customer service nightmare I've been dealing with for about a week and a half of calling in. I'm, I'm, I've been totaling it. I'm up to eight and a half hours of phone calls into customer care trying to solve a, a stupid wow. a stupid thing that I, I won't go and I won't name any names, but but they know who they are. And, uh, and, and I mean, to be if I could have just gone in and told a chatbot, you know, this is what I want to do. And then it presents me with the options and I'm done. I mean, so much better. So, you know, increasing my loyalty, right? All the things that we've talked about in the past um, without having to use up, you know, some somebody's time in a call center that we're paying hourly, right? So uh, to me, like that, that's a no brainer. If you can do that for, you know, the top 50, 60% of your transactions or, or more, right? Um, you're, you're making the customer experience that much better too. Yeah, we actually, um, the exercise is to literally go to the, uh, to narrow down to 80%. If we can get to 20% <clears throat> or less that actually get pushed through to a live call. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can, and, and so ironically, you may not remember this, but last week when we talked about speed of service, there was a statistic in there that I shared out of Jay Bear's um, uh, study that he had done and 27, no, Oh, I want to say it was 34%. 34% of the people said that they would prefer to deal with a chatbot. Yeah. So and that, that's pretty substantial in and of itself. It, it speaks to your point of, I just want to get to the crux of the matter and get it resolved, right? And, and jumping yeah. through all these hoops. And, you know, all of us have been on a call at some point or another with some type of company, might have been a wireless company, that, uh, <laughs> or, or some kind of software support company. That's another big one, right? It's like, you know, the, the oh, well, that's a, that's a tier two technician you need to talk to to yes. resolve that. Yeah. And that's, a, my book only goes up to, you know, page seven. Yeah. You know, they, they have pages eight through 14. So yeah, yeah the tier two tech to go to that. Um, yeah. Well, people are done with that. And, yeah. and uh, there's a lot of things that we can do to automate those entry, you know, and the tier one, you know, the first thing they said, did you unplug your computer and plug yeah. it back in? 
Really? You're, 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 you're triggering me here because I'm on tier three. Okay. I'm already at tier three right now trying to solve this. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but no, you, something else you said, actually, I mean, it sounds weird coming from somebody that specializes in talent development, right? But think about you also don't have the training that you have to do with, with humans, right? right? You don't have to worry about human error, which was the cause of my eight and a half hour long dilemma was a human error, right? You don't have that with, with your machines, right? With AI. And it gets smarter to your point every time it interacts and it has more data to draw on. Um, and so if you think about that perspective, right? I mean, even if it does most of the, you know, analysis or customer interaction, whatever, and, and the human only has a small percentage of it, you're going to get a lot better product and you're going to get a lot fewer issues because it's an automated systemized process. Well, and if you think about it from that perspective, people who inherently really enjoy customer service, and there are people, those people that really, yeah. you know, want to help and serve clients, they want to deal with the challenging circumstances. They, they want to do the tough ones, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and it's they get they get annoyed with the hey how do I reset the 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 pin on my voicemail right that's totally. that's the, and so the reality is is these automated systems can s solve all of that so I'm really only dealing with the things that do require my level of competency you know to yeah. help a client with a particular situation um, and and then you know then they're 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 more fresh, I guess, for lack of a better term, that yeah. they're they're willing to and and capable of kind of weeding through the nuances of that particular scenario for that client, and they're 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 willing they want to engage and help at that point. So because they're not being yeah. inundated with a bunch of mindless tasks or, or requests, I guess it would be a better a better statement. Yeah, no, and you, you may remember this with our our previous wireless company. Um, the call center that supported us, they did Absolutely. research on the most common call in. And, it, and one of them, I think it was like 65% or some staggering stat. It was it was, like yeah, two thirds. yeah it, it was like how to set up your voicemail. I mean, yeah. that, I mean, all, all these people spending all these hours doing this one thing versus imagine if you had a, you know, a chat bot or an AI assistant that could help people with that one specific problem and save everybody else for the more challenging solutions to your point. I mean, yep. it's, it's, it's a win for everybody in that situation. Yep. Yep. Yeah. The, the people who want to do that work can actually do the kind of work that they enjoy doing. And yep. the people who don't want to be doing that, there's a lot of people in customer service that don't want to do it because it's an entry level role. And, you know, it's just, it's just what I could get. And yep. so they're doing mundane tasks like that, that are, you know, sucking up bandwidth right <laughs> yeah i mean truly yeah. truly yeah so well that's, a, and that's if, if, if two-thirds of the call inbound calls are for that problem you know, apparently you have an obvious problem so yeah. find a way to solve for that right right yeah well that's a that's a good segue into your second point from the article which is all about data driven decisions so do you want to tell us a bit about how ai can help small businesses there yeah. So, and, and I'll, I'll, I like to start bigger because obviously the bigger companies with the bigger budgets have done more research and due diligence and really kind of um, brought more of this to the forefront for the smaller businesses. And then we'll talk towards the end, we'll talk a little bit more about some of the basic application, but um, you know, the, I mean, you can look, if you watch football at all, you can, you can be on uh, um, any Sunday watching NFL and you'll hear about AWS and all their, uh, numbers driven metrics, you know, and, 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 uh, um, you know, I'm a little bit of a, I'm trying to adapt to the new technology as it relates to football, which is, you know, is my passion. Um, yep. but, uh, the, um, you know, a little bit of old school in me, I'm kind of like, what's up with this, uh, you know, these, these, uh, data driven decisions, you know, and it's funny because in, in my business world totally makes sense to me in football. I'm like, Oh, I'd run the ball. You know, yeah, what's yeah. The say that we should do a pass here. You know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's a little bit of that uh, old school mentality, I guess. I'm trying to to rub out. But yeah, the um, it, you can look at all sports, and 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 as it relates to sports, you can actually go back to the movie Moneyball, uh, which was about the uh, Oakland Athletics, and and what they did is they brought all of these metrics into the sport. And recognize that statistically speaking, over you know a, 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 a timeline, a, a, you know, a, and and in in baseball playing 162 games, the 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 laws are the averages always play out. Mm -hmm. 
if if you have enough data set, right? To, to, so so if you follow the numbers, the numbers will tell you what the results are eventually going to be. And so what they've determined is that they can, as the more data that they can capture, the more inherent decisions that AI can help you make by telling you, hey, 68% of the time, this is going to happen. You know, 87% of the time, this is what happens when you do this, right? And so uh, more and more, they're actually uncovering the opportunities where they can make good intelligent decisions based on the artificial intelligence gathering the data and providing the information. This is why I'm a huge proponent for digital marketing over any type of marketing source. Because with digital marketing and set up correctly and with set up with the automations and uh, everything else that you can do in a digital marketing space, you can track all of the data that you want um, and, and know what your results are. Uh, one of my biggest rubs back in the day, and you may remember this, this is going way, way back. Uh, early days of our last company, the um, we had a conversation with the owners and we talked about the ad spend that we were using. Uh, this is before we switched brands. Yeah, and yeah. we we had a certain amount of what they call co-op dollars, which were dollars that needed to be used for advertising. And I said, and it was for me, it was a it was um it was an assumption that I made based on my experiences in the stores. But I'm like, I telling you, if we stop spending ad spend, we stop money spending money. I don't think it makes an impact in the sales whatsoever. And we had that conversation and I remember wholeheartedly, I was adamant. I'm like, I'm telling you, if you stop my ad spend, I don't see it making an impact on our sales whatsoever. And ironically, the sales went up. Wow. So, and, 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 and it was because the money that we were spending as it was relative to the brand that we were promoting and the, the products and services and everything like that in the market that we were in, which at that time was the Phoenix market. It's a huge market. It's like 5.5 million people in the state of Arizona. And I think our ad budget at that time might have been hundred thousand dollars. I don't even think it was that much. Um, but that you, you, you're—it's a pittance, right? It's not even touching all the people that are in the market. And so, consequently, um, we could never quantify. Well, the only thing we could quantify was whether or not it drove up traffic because we would do yeah. marketing and then we would see door swings go up, but it never converted. Right. And yeah. I kept arguing, kept arguing, didn't we? And so we did it. We got rid of it and we reallocated the dollars to different types of marketing spend. And consequently, and but be, in the process of doing that, sales actually went up when we cut all of our print and radio ad. Yeah. And so more with customer appreciation days and some of those sorts of things, right? Yeah. Oh, and, and sponsoring the sports teams and things yeah. like that. And yeah, but that, that, that lift came when, you know, so everybody was like, no, we can't cut spending. We cut ad spending. It's, you know, it's, Sales are going to drop off, and it had it actually had a reverse effect. The numbers went up. I'm yeah. sure they went up because it was probably more aggressive approach. But, but my point was, um, when you look at digital marketing relative to traditional ad spend, you know, even even uh, today with the um, uh, uh, postcard advertising, direct mail pieces, all that kind of stuff, they actually have a way to track that data now that they didn't have 20 years ago. Um, and so now if I send out, you know, 5,000 pieces of direct mail, they can actually tell me how many of them went to homes. And then by leveraging QR codes and things like that, they can actually see and be able to track and recognize how many people took advantage of offers, completed, you know, tr did transactions, you know, populated on, on some kind of uh, podcast, newsletter, whatever it was, however they're trying, whatever they're trying to convert on. They can actually track that data and they can see what's actually working. Right. Yeah. That's that's a, that's major. And, and you know, it's funny. I literally did a, um, a follow up on a post today. Uh, it was a woman who's a fractional CFO was talking about um, uh, restaurant uh, Cracker Barrel. Uh, during I'm going to assume it was well, it must have been during um, COVID. Um, and, and the effects after COVID, I'm going to say, I don't think it was during COVID and it was after COVID, but they decided to pull back on their ad spend on their marketing. So they chose to pull back on their ad spend and now sales are down considerably and they're feeling it and they're trying to. And so now they decided to go back in and spend. Now the point of her post and her information that shared was the, the idea that be cautious of, of, you know, cost cutting and pulling from marketing because, you know, you, you, oh, it's, you know, sales are down. So, you know, the, the economy's light. So let's pull back on marketing. Well, now the sales are down even more so in, in, a, in an accelerated rate. 
And the issue is going to be, even if they start and, and implement the dollars and they put them back in, and I don't know how far that, how long they went dark or how long they cut back what they did, uh, but it's going to take months for that to warm back up again. Like yeah. you don't turn it on and turn it off tomorrow. Right. You start yeah. doing the ad spend tomorrow. It could be 90 days before you start seeing the impact play out. Sure. Yeah. So what now you've done is you've exacerbated not only the gap that you created initially, but now you've exacerbated it and made it even longer because it's going to take that much longer to get it back where it needs to be. Right. Um, but uh, so that's uh, getting back to the data driven decisions is that you can make very specific decisions. I mean, one of the things we're focusing on specifically within uh, my biz coaches is, you know, what we're doing on LinkedIn and the work that we're doing on LinkedIn and be able to tie everything back to um, some type of call to action with our clients, because all of that's trackable data. We can test what kind of uh, uh, comments or not comments, but uh, posts are resonating with people, what type of imagery, what kind of videos, all of that information now can be tracked and aggregated and, and put into some kind of data source that we can go through and say, okay, look, whenever we do video on this topic, this, this takes off and we get a 30 or 40% lift in conversions. Yeah. So that's pretty substantial. And, and for any small business owner, if you're talking about, you know, I've got a limited ad spend, well, I would much rather know exactly where my dollars are going than to throw my my money at, uh, you know, uh, cable TV or something like that. I mean, you, even today with all the digital TV, the streaming, yeah. you can actually leverage that. They have the same yeah. thing that can provide you that data. Yeah, no, it, it makes a lot of sense. And I think what's interesting, right, is you can understand the market better as well, right? So you can understand what keywords are people searching that yep. you want to target your ads to, or what are they searching that nobody else is creating content for? And then you can kind of monopolize that niche. And so there's a lot of different things you can do. And I think one of the other things that's cool is, <clears throat> you know, you may know traditionally like, hey, this is an important metric for this type of business in this industry. But with AI, you can also utilize that to find patterns within the data that may come up with metrics you didn't even think to consider. And AI can leverage all of that data to provide insights that, you know, a human may not think to do. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. And the more that you aggregate that data, right, the more that you bring together, the more consistent and the more um uh, not just accurate, but uh, how telling the information can be to really help you make right. those decisions. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, your next one really resonates with me, Eric, which is personalized marketing. And uh, before you dive in, okay, let me just say, uh, you've probably heard me say this before, but there's a lot of people that, you know, they want to fight, you know, I don't want big tech to have my data, right? And I think I think it's great. Keep fighting the fight. I've kind of just accepted they have my data and, and it is what it is, Right. With that, though, Eric, and I'm hoping you tie into this, with that is if you have my data, you know all about my interests, my likes, my hobbies, whatever, I should never see an ad that isn't interesting or relevant to me. That's my <laughs> that's my personal stance on it. And so uh, if you're a business that's not using AI and I'm seeing your ads and it's not something I care about, you should be. So I only see the ads that resonate with me. That That's my stance on it. So if you're going to have all my data then I should only see ads for things I care about. So yeah. with that, Eric, tell us about AI and personalized marketing. Well, unfortunately, I don't think anybody's out there promoting Dragon Ball Z anymore. So I'm not sure. <laughs> There's got to be somebody, a Dragon Ball Z-themed ad. I'll buy your product today. Are you kidding me? Go That's Super awesome. Saiyan on that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, but that, that's a great point. And, and the, the the reality is, is that the um, when you talk about personalized marketing, it's 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 um, we were we were looking at streaming on on yep. Hulu and what kind of marketing we could be doing with a streaming channel with, you know, it's where everybody's going to get their TV and, their um, you know, their uh, video solutions, you know, whatever you want to call it. And we're going through the data and like you can even determine because to your point, they have a lot of this data. You can determine. Um, I don't know. I, I uh, so we could we could actually get as close to figuring out what people's roles are in companies. Yep. So um, you can uh, certainly socioeconomic. You know, um, geographically. I mean, I, I can have it show in certain areas and not in certain areas. I mean, it's it's pretty substantial as far as how you can uh, quantify the data and, and, and who's seeing what, right? But um, you know, in, in the old days, it was, well, where are the people that you want to market to, right? right? So, for instance, 
if I'm trying to target business executives, I'm not uh, marketing in field and stream. Not likely anyway, right? (laughs) If anybody here remembers what field and stream is, I think it still exists. Um, Or guns and ammo. That might be another one that probably doesn't rank high out there. But I can go to Forbes Magazine, Inc. Magazine, any one of those magazines and I can get. You can definitely do that today with digital marketing. Um, Not the same way, but very similarly, um, I can know what those people want to watch on TV. Yeah. So, for instance, David, you might know some of my favorite TV shows are Billions or um, another one that I really like is Suits, right? They were, they're streaming, you know, uh, it's old. I, I didn't watch it when it was popular. I'm watching it now. But um, and another one was um, Succession, right? They're business oriented type shows that I would watch all day long. And if there were commercials on those shows that associated with what my interests are, I mean, it, it's it, it's a no brainer that it ties directly in, right? Yeah. So uh, the the key is, is to recognize what your passions are for your people. And then what AI helps you do is identify where those people are and then be able to market them individually. Um, and that really plays itself out. And we've joked about it many times. You know, you you can be on um, Facebook or Google or something like that. And stuff shows up in your in your streams on Facebook. And you're like, I literally searched this the other day and now I see nothing but ads for Chewbacca outfits or whatever it yeah. was. <laughs> Sasquatch, right, right. Sasquatch. <laughs> yeah. So funny you say that, Eric. I thought about you this week. So last episode, we were talking about your ordeal with turf. Remember that? Yes. I had three ads this week on my Instagram uh, newsfeed about turf installation. No kidding, really. <laughs> yeah. I'm not in the market at all because it's winter in Utah. So turf is not on my radar, but it's because of our conversation attracted and I got those ads. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> so, yeah, the and, and by giving, but to your point, by giving you more information that you're very much interested in, it, it increases your conversion rates, which then drives down the cost per acquisition, which is allowing you now to do more marketing because you're getting more sales on the dollars that you are spending. Um, and that increases customer loyalty. To your point, I am not seeing stuff that I'm not interested in. Yeah. Now there are some things you know that that that, that also plays into, and uh, this is totally off that topic, but in the sense that um, people pick and choose the the information that they want to see. Yeah. Meaning, I tune into Fox or CNN versus whatever you know because that's the information that I want to hear about, um, or the slant to the information yeah. that I want to hear about. I guess is a better way to say that. Now the challenge with that is is that. Um, you know, you have mix of people in different platforms, but um, you know, the, the but that aside, right? The whole idea of if I'm in a space and there's a particular uh, show that I like to watch, uh, articles I like to read, uh, space that I'm on on the internet, I'm seeing the stuff that's targeted specifically to me and what I like to do. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> And that's 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 uh, it, again that goes back to I, I was mentioning briefly the other, increasing conversion rates, which is going to drive down uh, uh, costs for acquisition. Which I got more money to spend on advertising. I can scale my business faster yeah. on the same budget because I'm converting better. Yeah. So I, I think yeah, all of that's great. I think one thing we haven't necessarily touched on, but I think is important too is. Um, how you market to your existing customers, right? So, so kind mm-hmm. of taking another approach to it. Um, I, I think what I've seen more and more as a as a customer, right, is uh, marketing that is tailored to me based on my past purchases with the company. So, you yeah. know, hey, David, we've noticed in the past you've bought this, this, and this, or hey, around this time of year you tend to buy this thing, right? Oh, shoot, yeah, I forgot about that, you know. And I think um, I've seen recently. Um, Oh, what is it? Uh, air filters, HVAC air filters, right? So you swap out the air, air filters, right? All yeah. that kind of, um, every couple months or whatever. So now it's proactively, um, I forget, I forget what it is. It's one of the big box, you know, uh, home improvement stores or whatever, but it, it's proactively sending me a notification that says, Hey, it looks like it's time to buy your next round of filters. Right. Yeah, so it's been, about, it, it's that, been about 90 days. Totally. Yeah. So, um, and then you can write, and then you can have it just auto order. And so there's those types of things that you can do that increases, you know, the customer lifetime value. Um, and, and I think that, you know, if you do it the right way, the customer appreciates that it's not pushy. It's not, you know, Hey, we're shoving product in your face. It's, you know, Hey, you've, 
got a history of doing this and we're going to try to make it easier for you. And most people are open to that. I think subscription boxes, right? All those sorts of things is, you know, Hey, probably a couple bucks more, you could throw in, you know, bacon to your meat box or whatever it is. Right. And, and I think the more companies get on board with that, um, it, it's a great way to market to your existing customer base. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we, um, we use one of those, uh, those meat uh, subscription services and that's, you know, they, they, you last a couple of times you bought this, by the way, we're offering a promotion on that. Would you be interested in adding some, you know, it's like, yeah. absolutely. Yes. Throw yeah. that in there, please. You know? Um, and that's a great point. Uh, the, I think what's interesting and, and a lot of the business that we work with lack the resource, not the resources, sorry. They lack the technological, they're not, they have not implemented that type of CRM solution. Right. So it's a manual process in many cases um, because they didn't set it up like that. Cause we do a lot of the legacy companies been around for an extended period of time yeah. and, and didn't have, or did not think to implement those types of tools. Um, and so when we come in, we're like, here's what we recommend you do, but that requires a big move, right? It's a, it's, it's an adjustment. That's a change. Um, and often they're not, uh, positioned. They don't have the internal resources to implement and put these tools into place. So then it's like, okay, let's bring in this service. Let's introduce these people. Let's have them set this up and have this client. And then we'll right. coach them through onboarding the, you know, the, the solution, yeah. Uh, but uh, that the reality is that so many smaller businesses would be that much more efficient and effective with it if they would just see that it's worth the investment. And because right. it's not, it's not like it was. I mean, ten years ago, that was that was ridiculously expensive. Nobody could afford it, and it was any you know below a certain level. Um, now it's not unreasonable for the, your average small business owner to be able to implement that, and, and you're not talking about a massive investment. Yeah, it's no, totally. They just have to open themselves up to it. I mean, to your point, we have our landscaper uh, solution, our landscaping company. They they reach out uh, at least three, maybe four times a year. Once uh, one is like mosquito season, one is scorpion season, one is um, yeah, I can't remember what the other one is. But there's like four different times of the year that they reach out, and they're like, "Hey, you know, it's that time of year. You might benefit from this. You did this last year. We might want to do it again." Yeah. Uh, but to your point, it's just recognizing. Um, the solutions that would be available that would be beneficial to you based on your previous. And that's, I mean, that right there, that's probably one of the easiest ways for as a business coach for what, what we do to walk into a client and help them find that hundred thousand dollars that we, we yeah. tell them that we can help them find. Yeah. Yeah. For a lot less than it costs to acquire a new customer. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Uh, well, hey, let's let's talk a bit, um, kind of move on from marketing to streamlining operations. So kind of tell us a bit about how, how AI can help there. Yeah. So in, in, I know we've talked about this extensively on other shows um, in regards to the different things that that, that AI will help them do. Um, you know, we, we could talk all day long. We talked briefly about earlier about, um, you know, a little bit about marketing. We also talked in the, uh, the first part about um uh, the sales droid in that the role that a sales droid could play, you know, the chat bots for the customer service, but then you add in um, inventory tracking, you have supply chain management, you have uh, HR tasks that can be automated. As a matter of fact, one of my clients, one of my bigger clients uh, is a law firm and uh, you know, forever they've had an in-house HR solution. And I convinced them that we just recently had a transition. That individual left the company and I'm like, okay, now's the time. Let's do an HR solution. And we have a, a payroll company with an HR solution and you implement that. Oh, by the way, you're probably going to save, I don't know, $70,000 a year, you know, a net, net, net the cost of the, the new solution, maybe 55,000. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, that's uh, that makes a lot of sense. Now, you know, oh, we're getting impersonal. We're moving away from people. I'm like, yeah, not necessarily because we're actually improving our efficiencies in the sense that all the things will be automated. All the, everything used to be manually tracked hours, vacation time, you know, uh, sick days, yeah. all that kind of stuff is all automated and approved now. Now I can actually right. approve it instead of having to remember whether or not we track all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and that to some people sounds like, oh my God, if you work for a corporation, you're like, oh, that's all taken care of by our HR company. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. because they have a software solution that manages all that. But right. the average small business owner doesn't have that. Yeah. 
right? You got 10, 15 employees. I'll, I'd be surprised if you have that, if, if you're not already using an HR solution, right? right. Um, so it, it, it reduces errors and ensures the much better efficiency. Um, and, and it allows you to scale, right? right. The, the, the incremental cost per employee is like, I don't know, less than 20 or $30 per employee, depending on the solution. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you want a full on HR solution, maybe it's closer to 50 to $75 a month per, per employee. But when you think about that relative to paying somebody 50, 60, $70,000 a year to manage those, which by the way, probably isn't a full-time job, which means they're also having to do other tasks, right? That And, yeah. and that adds to it. Um, you can automate all of your uh, employee assessments. Right. So, yeah. right. It gives you, it gives you reminders. Yeah. You know, one of the problems that we go into is often um, small businesses are, are not doing the employee assessments on a consistent basis um, or they're not documenting. They're not filing it correctly. I mean, we can go through a number of different challenges that are created by that, all of which AI can help us manage that yeah. by creating automations and solutions that put these things in place and make them easily attainable and, and, and quick reference, things like that. Yeah. Um, and and I, the other thing I, I forgot that it's, it's a lot of mundane tasks that people don't want to be doing. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If I tie back into marketing briefly, but as we were talking about streamlining automations um, in the old days, if we wanted to reach out to our client base, you pick up the phone and say, Hey, by the way, just wanted to touch base with you. Well, now we can do that through, through marketing automations and it can be tailored going back to the point before. You know, it can be a specifically tailored, but it can be an automated email. Even we can even be an automated voice drop. Right. Yep. Meaning you get it as a voicemail on your phone. And so, you know, all of which can now be streamlined and automated. And instead of having a team of people making these phone calls, I can have an automated system do all of that for a few thousand clients and it can get it done in a week. Yeah. Well, you're day. right. Yeah. And, it, and it's interesting, right? And, and it's, it's not hard to find this stuff. Now, that doesn't mean it's easy to implement. It's not always super cost effective. You know, various solutions give you different benefits, right? All that good stuff. But if you just take a minute and you think about, you know, kind of each person or department in your business, right? You've talked about sales, you've talked about marketing, you've talked about HR. But if you just do AI automation or optimization for fleet management or for, um, you know, field employees or technician management, right? You go through, there's going to be half a dozen software that things that specialize in that. And usually they integrate with one another with your CRM or your, you know, HRIS or whatever, right? And they're all talking to each other. And as you start to kind of piece those things together, there's probably a solution out there that can make whatever that part of your business is that much more efficient and allows your your people to solve the bigger challenges right go back to your customer service scenario is let right. them do the complex you know strategic work the you know the people side the relationship management right those sorts of things but you know payroll approval right vacation right. approval um right. you know, automate you know workflow that kind of stuff so it's a click of a button instead of you know having to do invites and manually input time cards and all that kind of craziness yeah, absolutely. I, we literally we were on a, uh, I was in a uh, networking meeting yesterday. There's actually three points I want to think of now. I just thought of as you were talking. Uh, we were in a networking meeting yesterday, and there was a conversation about cold calling. And as you know, I'm not a big proponent of that. I'm not saying it doesn't work, and I sure as heck would not say that there's not some place for it. Uh, but it's not my space. It's not. It's not. I've never been successful with it, or at least not. To the degree that we, that I would brag about, um, you know, but the uh, my success was was certainly in following up with my clients, mm -hmm. and more specifically, my ability to niche down and find the ideal client base that would be able to build me a huge referral base, and continue to get referrals from referrals and and, and build my business that way. Um, that was always my claim to fame. That was you know um, creating a strategy and a system. I like it literally. <clears throat> antiquated, but that, you know, but it literally, I took my three inch three ring binder and I'd flip through it and it was tabbed off every month. And as the contract renewals came up 30 days before, I'd know that these are the 57 people I sold two years ago or a year right. ago when the contract, when I wrote the contract, and I'm going to renew the contract. And I've got, I know I've got 57 opportunities to close 57 more sales. And oh, by the way, most of them will probably have a 20 to a 20 to 25% 
need for an additional product or service that I can add on. Yeah. Right. So I'm, I'm starting every month in the plus because I know that I'm going to get a big percentage of that business. And so for me, it was more valuable for me to invest the time to do that than to sp- spend three hours doing cold calling. That was just right. my take on it. Right. Yeah. Well, all of that, everything that I just suggested could all be automated. Right. Yeah. Right. And so in the, in the, during the, uh, the conversation, somebody was saying, well, I hate doing cold calling. And I said, well, here's one thing I know about human nature, right? People development, right? <laughs> so yeah, right. If yeah. you don't like doing it, it ain't going to get done. Yeah. You're going to find right. every excuse not to do it. Yeah. You will come up with every reason not to do it. Why yeah. beat yourself? And so even if somebody's telling you it's a great way to get results and you can generate business, it may be. But at the end of the day, if you don't like it and you hate doing it, then why would you put yourself through it? Oh, by the way, you're self-employed. Why right. beat yourself up like that? <laughs> yeah, it's true. So uh, it was, you know, it's just really, and, and, and oh, you know, if I really, really wanted to do it, I could probably automate it through some AI solution. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. I mean, at minimum, you could use a caller uh, dialer system and you'd only pick up when people pick up the phone. Right. You know? I mean, like, they weren't even using that as a, as a resource. Well, yeah, and then Eric, yeah. now we're gonna let's expand that. Okay, let's let's play yeah. let's have some fun with this. Okay, because yeah. then what you could do is you you could do an AI clone of your voice. That software's out there. Have totally. it leave a customized voicemail in that customer's name with your voice, so it feels like it's personalized to them, right? If they don't pick up, but you can even go a step further before the call or after the call. You could also schedule, you know, a text or an email like. Hey, just want to let you know I'm going to follow up with you in two days about your up, up, upcoming renewal. Text in the morning. Hey, I'm going to call you around noon today to, to check in on you know when we can set up a time to have you come in. Then a text after. Hey, looks like I missed you, right? And you don't have to do a thing. It all did it for yeah. you, right? I mean, yeah. just think about the power of that. It's incredible. Totally. Yeah, it's funny because I, I in the in the crust of that conversation, I didn't think through that as deep as you just suggested. There's a solution for that if you really want to do yeah. the cold calling. Because the reality is, that, I mean, all my experience in cold calling, and I did a fair amount of it at one point, um, you know, you do 100 phone calls, you might get six, eight, 10 people to pick up the phone. Right. Yeah. The yeah. other 90 some odd calls are dead calls. There, nobody answers. Right. Even if you yeah. double dial, maybe you push that to, to 12 or 15 people will pick up. Right. But yeah. you're also increasing the odds that they're going to be irritated because you just called them two yeah. times in a row. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So, I mean, there's tactics that work for sure. But the reality is at the end of the day, for me, it wasn't, I just didn't see the value in it. But to your point, you could literally create an automated solution for that if you wanted to. Which, yeah. as a matter of fact, I'm certain that there's a number of companies out there that offer a solution like that. Yeah. Well, here and here's my prediction. It may even exist today, but I'm sure that there's going to be software where you could find a person, and LinkedIn's a great example, and have it build, you know, a, a sample profile for that customer. It scrapes their whole LinkedIn profile, who they know, where they've worked, what they've done, and builds you a little, you know, here's four bullet points that you can use to connect with that person, right, and, and save time because there's, you know, probably the best outbound sales reps that they, they do that, but that's a time-consuming yes. process of yep. going through and oh, where are they an alumni of, and then half the time they can't say my name right, right, and all that kind of stuff, right? But, right. <laughs> but if you had AI do that for you and then automate the communication, I mean, that just saved you, you know, 15, 20 minutes per contact that you can David, spend closing more deals. We, we're going to have to scrap this call. <laughs> you just gave away a million dollar idea right there. We can't, we can't be doing that away for free. Uh, patented, done. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't live yet, right? <laughs> yeah, we got to control when this airs. So yeah, we got time. But yeah, that that's where it's headed though. And I don't, I don't know that people think about that or get as no. excited or maybe geek out like we do on some of that stuff. But this, this is coming fast, and a lot of it's here. And yeah. to not use it is, is really setting your company back. Yeah. Well, and that was the whole point of the the article when I when yeah. I wrote it a couple of weeks ago. The initial, you know, you called it Article Zero, but the 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 the, the, the first this here's the eight things I'm going to cover over the next eight weeks. And the reason yeah. I chose to do it then is because we're going to finish up around the first or second week of uh, December. Yeah. Then I'm going to take all of that. I'm going to put that all together in a, in a in a white paper because we're going to run a workshop in in December and then again in January and 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 have people prepare. Okay. Strategic planning for 2024. Yep. Here are eight things you need to incorporate in your business. You know, as you were saying about all the different softwares, this is it's interesting. Most people don't understand the value of the software called Zapier. 
Oh yeah. You're right. right? And, and, and many of the things that you're talking about, having this software talk to that software, that's exactly what Zapier is designed to do. Yeah. And it doesn't require significant coding experience. As a matter of fact, I could figure it out. And so we were able oh, to take must it. must be really easy then. Yeah, Jeez. right. It is. <laughs> you could literally have this software talk to this software by putting a, just a slight piece of code in there. Right. And it's um, it's actually pretty significant. Uh, what you can do, because now you can have, to your point earlier, I can have my point of sale software, which it's already set up to do like a point of sale software set up to go to a um, QuickBooks, for instance. Right. But let's say that, that that your your particular point of software doesn't have a, an automatic link built already to QuickBooks. Yeah. Zapier allows you to do that. Yeah. And that's where as you come up with these as these new AI softwares come out and God knows there are hundreds a day that are coming out. Right. Um you can take these different nuanced individual software applications and with a Zapier link, be able to get the two to talk to each other, move the data from one to the next. And to your point, you could scrub the data. Each one of the softwares you just described are all available today. Yeah. The scrubber for the LinkedIn profile, so I can access my 22,000 subscribers. It will go through and pick out four key things that I should reference on that particular client, contact information, the name, name email, or whatever. Um, and, you know, like you said, four things that I want to specifically talk to that client about. And then I've got the voice creation. I got the yeah. video the voice video creation. I can literally do a voice call to every one of those customers with an, yeah. with an AI robot of myself, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it's literally all available right now. And 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 this is what's crazy about this is to your point, people don't see that they're they're still dealing with prompts. Yeah, right. Right. And, exactly. you know, and, and I'm not picking on that. There's a great resource there. But the reality is it's far more advanced than that. But we we don't think to your point, not everybody geeks out like we do on all the different yeah. things that are available. Well, and you, and you said something that's really important and I don't want people to miss it because I think, yes, if you took one of the solutions we're talking about and you implemented it, it would it would be a huge positive change for your business. But really, the, the next level, kind of the, the genius in that it, that you just talked about is when you connect them together, right? Because now you're getting, you know, multiples of efficiency when you do that. And, and to be able to do that with little or no code, little or no cost, right? Because, you know, you can get thousands of zaps for whatever. I mean, a hundred bucks a month. I don't know. What you yeah, probably yeah, it's but, but nominal, minimal yeah. compared to what you're going to save in time and labor and all those sorts of things. Right. Um, and I think that's really the key is, Look for one, right? Find one that that solves a lot of your problems, and then start layering in these additional solutions. And right. it, really, the sky is the limit, right? And I think that's that's the key. And I hope people don't miss that because that's really the next level of AI. That's a great point, David. And as we kind of come to the end of this, you know, that's one of the big things is, you know, how does this work for me, right? Yeah. Um, our last topic is the the competitive edge, right? And and. Yeah. Really, in my eyes, this really kind of sums this up. The reality is that most people are not on board with this. Yeah. Well, if they are looking at AI and they're saying, "Hey, there's something here," they're 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 still caught with that. Um, I don't know, so I'm not going to take action. Right. Yep. I'm not certain, so I'm not going to do anything yet. And they're just going to continue to read about it and hear about it. And it's the people that will start playing with it and testing it. And sometimes I get it. It's hard. I mean, you know, we still don't have a big team yet. And, and I, you know, I'd be happy to hire somebody as an AI specialist alone just to be on our team and build stuff out for us because we could take that and turn around and offer to all of our clients. Right. Because yeah. everything that we build for ourselves, every one of our clients would benefit from. And, oh, by the way, we would know how to use it so we could show them exactly how to do it. Yeah. But, um, um, yeah, it's, go ahead. Oh, so, and, and you bring a really good point too. We've talked about this. Um, if you're not the tech person, right, in your business, right, even if you're the owner, you may have somebody that is. And this is a great opportunity to tie in, you know, we talked about in the leadership one, which is delegation, right, and using people's yeah. strength. And so maybe, you know, uh, pull a few things off of somebody's plate that kind of has an interest in this. Maybe they're a little techier, right? I don't even want to say younger because there's 20 year olds that don't even know how to use a computer. I, I train them all the time. Right. So may not always be the young people, but somebody who's interested in it and, right. uh, and, and say, Hey, I want you to spend 
five hours a week, 10 hours a week, whatever you can spare bandwidth wise and find something that's going to work for us, figure out what it's going to cost. What do we have to do to implement it? How long is it going to take and have somebody do that for you, right? This isn't necessarily something you as the owner that has to do it. And if you don't have somebody in your business, um, you can always head over to mybizcoaches.co. You guys can schedule a free consultation, right? And work with a coach or a specialist that can help you find the AI solution. So um, I just, you know, you don't have to do it alone, right? There's resources right. out there. There might be resources in your company and there may be uh, other coaches like Eric that can also help guide you through that as well. So don't think yet. You have to do it alone, especially if you're like, I don't like tech. I don't know anything about this. I don't even know where to start. Find somebody who can help you. Yeah. Uh, I'll, um, I'll share with this. Uh, the, the One of our clients um, recently did an event. Uh, they, they work with school systems, they language translation. They were an event in California that was tailored towards school districts yeah, because they do language translation in the school districts, right? And um, when they came away from the event, they had, they had made such an impression with the presentation they did and the technology stuff that they were talking about. None of it was related to AI, by the way. Um, not directly anyway. Uh, but what happened was it created a lot of conversations. My client was now elevated to a level of, oh, you know about this and you know about this, and you know about this. How do you feel about AI? So she immediately called me, um, I think it was the next day. And she's like, hey, by the way, um, you know, we got this question. I have this gentleman on my team who's pretty well versed in AI. I'm going to have him brush up on it. He's going to do a presentation on it for this potential client. And now they've actually been asked at least a half a dozen times, if I remember what she said, um, a half a dozen times to do something similar and share how they feel AI is going to in integrate into this language translation industry and wow. the impact that it's going to have for the school districts. So just like that, just by being a little bit above, I mean, like we're talking 5% ahead of, of you know their peers, just having a little bit of insight on some technology piece. <clears throat> they're elevated to another level of, um, hey, you know, can you share with us more information about how this could in fact impact not just um, our school, but the industry as a whole? And how should we make our decision making, uh, our, our purchase decisions and things like that going forward uh, based right. on what you know about AI and how it's going to integrate or, or, or uh, change the industry? So it was, um, and having that kind of success come away from their presentation was she was excited about it i was happy for her obviously and uh and a huge telling story for me to remind people you don't have to be way out in front of this you do do some due diligence if you're going to try and offer the solutions but um just a little bit of insight would put you head and shoulders above most of the people that's that competitive edge you don't have to do a ton to know more than what most everybody else knows yeah absolutely well, I think as we're talking about <clears throat> applying this and getting that competitive edge, if you have a small business owner, small business leader that's listening or wa <clears throat> watching this, how would they go about applying this in their business? Yeah. So we, we in the article, we put out uh, five different things. The first one was take the time to get educated. So to your point, um, you know, read some articles, do some due diligence, um, find the right places to get the information. LinkedIn is a great resource, by the way, for finding uh, good technological um, information regarding AI. Uh, as a matter of fact, there's a gentleman, uh, Mar, last name is M-A-R-R. -R. I can't remember his first name, but he does a ton of articles. That's where I get a lot of my information. I highly recommend his information. We share a lot of that. So if you follow me, you'll see a lot of my updates and as it relates at least as it relates to the small business owner. That's what I try and do is I take it and strip it down to what's relevant to the small business owner. Uh, so there's lots of workshops and webinars. I would encourage you to take a couple of webinars. Um, you know, if you haven't done one on prompts for chat GPT, go ahead and make that investment. It's a good 30 to 45 minute investment. Um, and then, you know, continue to look for other um, pieces. And, and kind of like David said, is, is realize if you find the one, and get good and you understand how, how to implement it in your business and get it placed in, then you can still look for the next one and figure out how to layer that on top. And so uh, the next one is to start small, find the one, get one thing that you know will have an impact to your business. It could be a sales droid, right? a customer service uh, uh, bot that you put on a uh, chat bot that you put on your website. It could be something as simple as that. If you have a, if you have 50 to 100 hits a day on your website, that's only 3,000 hits a, a month in a, in a, on a website. That's 
not that much at all. My bet is, um, you know, we haven't done any real statistics on it. My bet is you probably save yourself. Um, you probably gain another, another 10% in lead potential because people can ask, the chatbot will pop up. They ask a question of the chatbot that generates a lead. You capture their information. You capture the impression. Now you can actually follow back up with that potential client yeah. um, by using, by leveraging a chatbot for you just to answer basic questions, right? So, uh, but start small, do something like that. There's a, there's a number of really basic applications that you can put in there. Like I said, you could, um, uh, we have on the website, I'm pretty sure that, uh, pretty sure my brother put it on there, but there's a, um, a link on the website where we actually were sharing the 300 best AI software applications that you can review. Uh, a lot of those, a lot of duplication in the different types of software in what they do. Some of them have better solutions than others, but um, it was the top 300. And there was a lot of them. As a matter of fact, there's one out there today that will actually build a website for you. It's cool. So it's, you don't have to go through the graphic arts part of it. You literally just share what you want, what you want it to look like, and it'll actually create a website and it does it in like five or 10 minutes. Wow. Yeah. A five page website, like five, 10 minutes. That's awesome. Yeah. Which I'm shocked by the number of small businesses that don't have, you know, a website at all. Right. And that's a great yeah, starting yeah. point for minimal costs, very minimal time, at least get something up there and then, you know, start getting passive marketing, right? Cause you're getting impressions right. and things like that. So yeah, that's a great, great example. Very easy to use. Yeah, absolutely. The, um, and I, I want to say it was super inexpensive. Yeah. So, um, Next one would be the third point would be to collaborate with experts, right? Get somebody who knows what they're doing. Um, you know, we, I wouldn't say that we're experts on AI here at my Biz coaches, but we definitely can help you get started in the right direction. And if you're far enough into it, or if you see the need where a more elaborate, um, uh, adoption would be of value to your business. Say if you could, you know, see a potential software, uh, reach out to us and we can connect you with somebody who would be able to help you make that solution. As you know, we spend as much time connecting with clients, um, uh, or, sorry, partners as we do with clients uh, in finding the right kind of solution for you. So if you're looking at a more elaborate introduction, um, you know, that you want to talk to somebody who really knows what they're doing, uh, we can help put you in touch with the right person. Awesome. Uh, the fourth one was invest in data security. That is so much of an important component of that with AI. Um, you, you do need to have, I used uh, what, what, uh, with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> I figured you could appreciate that Marvel reference. I do. Yeah. <laughs> <It was> fighting. yeah. <laughs> um, so pr uh, protect your customer data. And there's a lot of AI applications that will comply with your data, uh, re uh, data privacy regulations. Um, and cybersecurity is so important that we actually have it as one of the one of the other eight topics that you want to cover for for 2024. Nice. Um, and then the last one is measure ROI. Um, you know, as I said, it, by using digitized information, by using automations, um, by using the the links that you can use in the way that we created, like whether it's marketing strategy or sales process or um, even your operations metrics, you can actually see how efficient you're becoming because you can watch uh, the digital transactions take place and, and, and you know, how quickly we can, um, you know, workload. That's, that's, that's another one we didn't really talk about a whole lot on the operation side of it. You can actually track your, your workload um, by running it through some kind of um, AI solution. So the, the, what I can actually do now is I can actually find out if I gave somebody, if I, um, I don't know, give them 50 files to process, right? And, you know, I can see that there, it took them an entire week to process the, the 50 files, but of the 50 files, eight of them took the bulk of the time, took 80% of the time. The other 42, you know, took, took only 20% of the time. So what was it about those eight files? Now, all of a sudden, we can actually dial in and find out what's tripping you up as an employee. So David, it took you a week to do those 50 files, but it took you three and a half days to do eight of them. And the, the other day and a half, you did 42. What was different about those eight files? How can we adjust that accordingly? How can I give you more of the 42 so you can go three times the number of files or four right. times the number of files, whatever. But now we've got data that we can actually speak to. And now we have objective, objective conversations as opposed to 
I'm just ballparking. And I think this is what we had, right? It completely changes the whole nuance of those conversations. So yeah. measure your ROIs on marketing and sales and in, in operations. And now you have something that um, you can measure against because everything about production, about a progress in business is uh, having a benchmark. Yeah. So start somewhere. It doesn't matter what the results are. You've got a benchmark now. Now you can either, you're either improving or regressing. Right. And based on what you're doing to change things, if it's continuing to improve, you're making progress, you're, you're, you're reducing costs, you're increasing sales, whatever it might be. But now you have something to measure. And the, to your point earlier, the, the biggest challenge with most smaller business owners is they don't have anything in place to track their ROI. Right. right. Yep. And that's where AI can help, even with the yeah. ROI tracking of the AI that you're using. Hey, that's a pretty incredible. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, hey, great stuff, Eric. I'll just uh, I'll note again that uh, if you find this kind of content helpful, you know, certainly subscribe to the show. Uh, every episode is talking about stuff like this or other things that impact small business. Uh, also, be sure to subscribe to Eric's newsletters, the Entrepreneur's Edge, Edge, and the Biz Coach Notes. And Eric, before we wrap up, uh, anything new over at uh, MyBiz Coaches that you want to talk about with the audience? Yeah, like I said, we mentioned I mentioned briefly the the eight weeks, um, you know, uh, series of newsletters. Both newsletters are marrying the the content for the next eight weeks. I think it's that important in preparation for 2024. Uh, I think a lot of people were caught off guard, particularly with AI um, coming into the end of 2022 and going into 2023. And I say caught off guard. I don't think anybody saw AI coming on the way that it did in 2023, but we've only scratched the surface of what the implications are going to be of, of that. And, and, you know, there's a lot of talk about political um, involvement. I say political. Uh, 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 what's the word I want to use? Um, uh, government oversight. Yeah. Government oversight of AI and, and the implications of it and whether or not it's good or bad. You know, it's like at the end of the day, um, you know, your 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 thoughts and beliefs on that are they they are what they are but i'm going to tell you it's here right it's coming it's evolving it's it's not like it's it's it might be here someday it's here it's in our backyard and it's coming closer to the back door every day and yeah. eventually it's going to let itself in it's going to walk through the front door and we're still going to be wondering what happened yeah. uh, so the reality is is that the um you know to sit on the sidelines and wait to see what happens is is absolutely the wrong answer and there's a lot of I'm going to say more experienced businesses been around for a long time are going to get left in the dust um, just because of AI, let alone the other seven categories that we're going to talk about over the coming weeks um, or have begun to. Right. So that's and, and AI just accelerates every one of those categories that we're going to talk about. So as you um, the point was, is that at these end, end of the eight weeks, we're going to do a couple of workshops we're going to do for free and we're going to help people do strategic planning for 2024. So we'll do, I've figured out the exact dates yet, but once we lock those in, we'll make those available for our clients to, uh, to come in. And, uh, you know, we're expecting some really big turnout because a lot of people could use some um, strategic planning for 2024 and, and leveraging technology to the degree it needs to be considered in their businesses. Yeah. It's interesting, Eric, because you were talking about, you know, not it, it's here, right. And regardless of, you know, if there becomes some new regulation or whatever, the kind of scary part about AI is a lot of it's irreversible. It's already out there. I mean, the, the code exists, if you will, yeah. right? And, and people can deploy it and add to it. And I mean, it's it's not like other tech innovations where you know one company has like a, a monopoly on something. It's it's out there and it's pervasive. And people are you know nine year olds are writing AI program. I mean, it, it's there yep. and, and it's yep. available everywhere. And it's not something that can be easily clawed back, right? If if at all, I don't think it is. Yeah, so. yeah I would I would argue to your point, I would argue that it's not, you can't claw it back yep. at this point. That's what I'm saying yep. is it here. It's yep. not about whether or not the government's going to let it. It's not, it's not like um, cannabis, right? right. Or we got yeah. released in one state and it was there for a couple of years and then went to another state. No, it's not going to be like that. It's, it's yep. there. And if the government does try and, and regulate it to any degree, they're going to struggle immensely because it's already out there. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. The, the ship is coming gone, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, well, hey, great stuff, Eric. As always, good hanging out with you. And uh, yeah, uh, actually, uh, sneak peek for next week, or you want to keep that a little close to the vest? Uh, that's right. Yeah, I guess I probably could figure out what that was. I won't put you on the spot. I mean, I know, I know you're working hard on all these articles. So. <laughs> yeah. The uh, so next week, yeah, let me get it here. Um, uh, all right, give me a second. Now I got to pull it up. I thought you were ready. I could, I could just say, tune in. It's a surprise if that's easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So next week is. Uh, I got it right here. Boom, boom, boom. Drum roll. You need a drum roll? Yeah, there there you go. That's what I need. Uh, sustainable practices. Oh, okay. Was, awesome. I knew it was either that or the working, um, the remote work evolution. So next week is sustainable practice. We're going to talk about how to embrace sustainability throughout your operations uh, nice. for the supply chain management, product development, uh, meet growing consumer demands for eco-friendly products. Um, and services. I, that, that's kind of an interesting one. I, you know, I'm, I'm uh, generally speaking, you know, I'm actually pretty green. Most people were not, would, would probably not assume that. But uh, as you know, David, you and I have had multiple conversations about the value of uh, solar energy and other green technologies that are available out there. And, um, you know, that I, I think that we would be, we behoove ourselves as, as a, as a, humanity as a whole, if we'd spend more time on feeling this, I'm not a big fan of the government um, sustainability uh, policies. I, uh, I think that they're, uh, what's that, what's it, what's the term? Um, drapes on the window kind of thing. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Not, yeah. But I, I think more than anything, if, if we're if we have the smartest people, uh, in the room working on these types of projects, I, I, I'm, I'm constantly amazed about the evol evol evolution of technology as a whole. If we apply it correctly in these different areas and get more people consciously aware of it, um, I think it'll have a significant impact in a lot of different ways. And, and where you see that, uh, where you see that um, industriousness, right? You see that in small business. Yeah. You see it in small business application. So, yeah. Absolutely. Well, and, and to your point, right, consumer preferences are moving that direction. So if Absolutely. even if you don't agree with sustainability, that's where consumers are going and that's what they tend to care more about year over year. Right. And so yeah. um, important to understand it and then consider how you might apply it. So that's a good conversation. Very cool. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, hey, uh, we'll end it there. Thanks for watching and thanks for listening. Eric, as always, great to hang out with you. And we'll catch you on the next episode of the Biz Coach Show. Thanks, David.